Hi guys, Happy New Year's. Thanks for coming this week. My name's Amy and I'm one of the youth leaders in our Axiom Student Ministries and I'm on the worship team. If this is your first time here, go on and fill the card out on the back of your bulletin and turn it into the information center on your way out. We'd love to get to meet you. We have PC Kids every service except for Sunday at 8.30. We also have Axiom Student Ministries on Wednesdays at 6.30. The Sunday morning Bible study with Jeff Adams is on a break for the holidays, but it will continue on January 7th at 9 a.m. in classroom number 8 with a new study entitled The God of More. You're not going to want to miss out. For the upcoming year, we will be implementing many new changes. Our vision for 2018 is family, and our plan to achieve this goal is to bring the family together by merging our Saturday night service with our Sunday morning service beginning in January. We will also be adding all PC Kids classes to the 8.30 service on Sunday. And finally, this Sunday is the start of our new young adult ministry. If you are between the ages of 20 to 40s, we will be launching this ministry with a New Year's Eve party on Sunday, December 31st at 7 p.m. in the Student Center. Child care will be provided. So come on out, meet new friends, and have a great time. We'll see you there. If you have any questions about the church, please contact us on Facebook, Instagram, or our website. If you'd like to give online, please go to praisechapelkingman.com, click give, and follow the easy instructions. It's safe and secure. Well, that's it for announcements. Hope you have a great service and a happy new year. Bye. Bye. Yay. I'm telling you, he's the upcoming announcement maker. Praise God. We just welcome everybody out. If you're here for our first time, uh, no one's more welcome than you are. And we say uh, welcome. And if you're looking for a church and to be a part of a church, we'd love to have you come and be a part of us. And be a part of what God's doing here at Praise Chapel. They're coming to receive the Lord's tithe and our offerings tonight. It seems impossible the years have gone, doesn't it? How many believe when you get older, time passes faster? They used to tell me that. I used to say, school, when are we going to get out of school? And they said, one day. It'll be years going flying by. So we're ready to go into a new year. But we can end this year by being a blessing uh, to all the needs of God's church as well as missions and all that this church is a part of. So if you've got any of the large tithe and offerings, if we'll partner together, God will bless us and we'll be able to go out this year with an impact for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, bless your people as they bring you your tithe and give an offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Salvation Tearing through the dead of night See the kingdom burst into color at the speed of light So freedom Shaking up the atmosphere As the shadows fade into nothing as the day appears on the skies above, love reaching out for us, the everlasting one, Jesus our God. Oh, we look to the sun, set our eyes on the Savior, sing the image of love, sing His 
God. <clears throat> How many's had a good Christmas? Do you have a good Christmas? Amen. Aren't you glad for Jesus? Amen. And I know we're going to have a good year. I want to just, uh, uh, before we get started, I want to make a couple announcements. Number one, uh, I want to emphasize Wednesday night service. This next three Wednesday nights, uh, Pastor Alex is going to be doing a new series that he's entitled Love. And he said, he said, tell him that the love doctor is going to be in the house. So I want to encourage everybody here, if you need to know about your love life, whatever that might be, I'll let you figure that out. Come on out, be a part of that. I believe this is going to be a great, great series. Remember, it's uh, uh, Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. Usually we start at 7. We're usually out of here by about 10 after 8. It's not a long service, but we have a good time. And, you know, it's right in the middle of the week, right just about that time when you're thinking, man, I need some help. You can, you can come and come to Wednesday night, and you can get filled up, and you can get charged up, and, and you can just feel the presence of God. So mark that down. Also, if you're in the room tonight and you are between the ages of 20 and 40s, uh, we really do want to encourage you to come out to our New Year's Eve party. Uh, it's going to be in the student center in the back of the next building. You know where the youth room is. It's going to be in there. We're going to have a great time. We've got a lot of great games and a lot of great food and different things that we're going to do, fellowshipping and getting to know one another. And, and so we really do want to promote that. So if you're within that range, then come on out. Be a part of that with us. You don't need an invitation. All you got to do is just come. You don't need to bring anything. Bring your appetite. Just come. And so we look forward to that. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me over to Ephesians, uh, the book of Ephesians, chapter number five, starting in verse 15. And the Bible says these words, and I want you to listen to this because I believe God has something to say for us. I want to kind of set the tone, if you will, for our next year. It says this, therefore, be careful how you walk. Not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now Monday, this coming Monday, we're going to be enjoying the start of a new year. Now, I, th I don't know that there's anyone in this place tonight that would say, I don't like New Year's. I don't like a new year. I just wish we'd stay in the old one, you know. I think all of us enjoy the new year, don't we? We look forward. It, you know, the new year represents something, doesn't it? We, we call it new because it's going to be a new season. It's a, a, a second chance. It's a new beginning. It's a, a second opportunity. How many know what I'm talking about? And I don't think there's anyone that doesn't appreciate the refreshing of a new beginning, a fresh start, a second chance. Have you ever wanted to have a second chance? I mean, you ever, you ever been in a situation where, I don't know, if you're like me and, and you kind of learn the hard way through things, like when I got involved in construction, I kind of learned on the job. And what that meant was, is I had lots of people around me that would say things like this, measure twice, cut once. Well, <clears throat> I'm the type of person that doesn't always like to learn the easy way. I, I like to learn the hard way. And so I reversed that. I 
cut twice and measure no times. I, 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 you know, it's crazy. I, I, it's, it's amazing at how much wood I have wasted because I was always either an inch too long. Well, too long's not bad because you can trim it, but any time I trimmed it, it was now an inch too short. I, I've, I've, I've been amazed at how short wood can get in a hurry. You ever notice that? And you're thinking, oh, I wish I could do this again. Or if you've been painting, and I'm, I'm not going to talk about Alex Chadsey and his exploits in painting, but never let him paint. He needs second and third and fourth and fifth chances. And I've done that. I, I've had to learn the hard way with painting. And, you know, you drop buckets of paint, and, and sometimes they're oil-based paint right on the carpet. And oil-based paint on carpet's a lot harder than latex. How many know, know what I'm talking about? But, but I digress. Second chances are always good. Can you say amen? And as we approach this new year, I believe it's a good time to reflect on the year that's ending. And it's a good time for us to take inventory for the year ahead, to say, what are we going to take in to this new year? We need to pay real close attention, I believe, to our relationship with God. We're, as a church, we're coming out of this season of relationship. We've, we've taken the whole year to talk about relationship in various different ways, but we focus mostly on our relationship with God, and we really need to pay attention to that. How does that look going into the new year, and what is that going to produce for us? We need to examine ourselves and see where we've been, where we are, and where we're going. Can you say amen? And I believe this passage that Paul has written to the Ephesian people is, it gives us the opportunity to take that challenge. You know, one of the things that I think that we do in life, and we'll talk a little bit more about this here in a few minutes, is we kind of go through life sometimes oblivious. You ever been with somebody that's completely oblivious to what's going on. Sometimes my family is that way when we travel together. I'm the type of guy when we travel, I look at everything. I'm I'm driving down the road, I'm looking, I'm taking notes, I'm looking at maps and, you know, signs and everything. And, you know, it's like you you, you drive by the giant ball of string and it's like, whoa! And I tell my family and they're like, where was that? Where was I? You were standing right there. Are you aware Of what's going on in your life? I don't know. Did you see that deer? No, I didn't see it. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that. My goodness, what is it going to take for you to see? Sometimes it's a mindset that we get into and we just are unaware. And Christians can be like that a lot. We can just go through life unaware, oblivious. But I want you to know God does not want us oblivious. He wants us laser beam locked in. He wants us connected. Can you say amen? He wants us aware of who we are in this world. Who we're, what we're supposed to do. Who we're connected to. He wants us aware of what's going on. And it's time 
to take inventory, but it's also time to look forward. But here's the good news tonight. The good news is if you look back into your life and you go, wait a second, maybe I was a little oblivious. Maybe I kind of just cruised through 2017. Maybe, maybe I even made some bad mistakes. The good news is Monday represents a second chance. You get one more year. Thank God. That's why the Bible tells us that his mercies are new every morning. God loves the new. Can you say amen? Think about that for a moment, a second chance. How wonderful is a second chance? I think we've all been there. We've all been in that place where we've needed it. And there's a story that I've often used in sermons to illustrate this point. It's a story of Thomas Edison's assistant. And you know, Thomas Edison was the one that invented the light bulb and, and, and he had lots of failures. I think there was a quote by him one time after failing over 950 times, somebody came up to him and says, what have you accomplished? And he says, I have accomplished the knowledge. I've got the knowledge of how not to do it 950 different ways. Sometimes the list of what not to do is as important as the list of what to do. But this one particular day, after 900 and some times, Edison succeeded. He made the first incandescent light bulb. There it was in all its glory. It was shining for the world to see. And he was downstairs in his downstairs laboratory And he goes to his assistant, he pulls the light bulb out, he hands it to his assistant, and he says, take it upstairs gently so that we can take it to show the world. And as this young man is walking up the stairs, he stumbles and trips, and you know it, the light bulb went right to the floor, and it was done. The very first light bulb was smashed on the stairs of regret. (laughs) Edison looked at this young man and he says, come on, let's make another one. So they made, they spent 24 hours making another light bulb and they did, they succeeded again. And then Edison looks over at his young assistant and he hands it to him and says, try it again, son. Isn't a second chance wonderful? That's what this represents. That's what this is all about. This new year, we have an opportunity to do it again. And I'm positive that everyone in this room in one time or another has longed for that second chance and an opportunity to do it again, to do it right, to right the wrongs. We've all made mistakes. We've all said things we shouldn't have said. We've all done things we shouldn't have done. We've gone left when we should have went right. We spoke up when we should have shut up. We Kept quiet when we should have spoke up. How many know what I'm talking about? For some, it has been minor. For others, it's been really a major thing. No matter what the circumstances is, the outcome is we have all fallen short. And in those moments of failure, (coughs) we long for a second chance. I remember driving down the road one time. I was with my dad. My dad had a nice souped-up Cadillac sports car. We're coming home from the doctor, and he says to me out there past Dolan Springs, he says, 
I've never seen how fast this would go. And I'm driving. And I says, well, let's see how fast this car will go. Well, when we hit about 100 miles an hour, we passed the highway patrolman. And at that very moment, the first thing that I thought in my head is, boy, I wish I could do the last five miles over again. So I did what anybody would do. I went through all of the inventory of what, you know, you don't hit the brakes. You don't, you don't, you know, you don't make the front end go down. Don't bring, put the brake lights on. You just let off the gas. You cope and coast and you pray he didn't see you. Oh, he saw me. He saw me and he gets, pulls, pulls us over and he's mad. He comes up to the window. Do you know how fast you're going? I said, yes, sir, 100 miles an hour. I was. I wasn't going to lie. He looks at me. Why are you driving that fast? I said, we wanted to see how fast it'd go. He he says, do you know I could take you to jail? Yeah, I did. I'm hoping you don't. I'm looking for grace, not justice here. I need some mercy. So he walks, he takes my license and the insurance and walks back to the police car. My dad looks at me and goes, what are we going to do? And I said, look, if he hooks me up and puts me in that car, I said, you drive into town, you call Kathy immediately, have her bring the checkbook and bail me out right then. I said, don't pass go, don't collect 200, you get to the jail, have her beat me there. But he came back, he was gracious. He wrote me for, I don't know, like 79 and a 65, and I still had to go to traffic school. But I regretted that moment. I wished, man, I wish I could do this over again. How about the woman in the Bible that was caught in the act of adultery? Do you remember that story in John chapter 8? The Pharisees, they're looking to set up Jesus. They're, they're looking to, they, they don't care about this woman. The, the, her sin was not their problem it was Jesus' righteousness that was their problem. And, and so somehow they wanted to condemn Jesus. They wanted to get him. They wanted to confuse him. So they bring this woman right from the very act of this sin, and they bring her and throw her at the feet of Jesus. And we know the story. They say, you know what? The Bible says to stone her. What do you say? And all he does is just draws in the sand for a little bit. And then he looks up at him and he says, he, him without sin, let him cast the first stone. And one by one, they begin to walk away until they were all gone. And finally, Jesus looks at this woman and he says to her, where are your accusers? And she says, I have none, Lord. And you know what Jesus says? He says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. What amazing second chance she was given. Can you imagine that moment? I don't know if any of us have ever experienced anything so humiliating. But one thing is for sure, we have all experienced failure. We've all felt the sting of embarrassment. We, We have all endured the pain of shame. Because somewhere we blew it, we failed, we made a mistake, we sinned. And quickly our momentum in life stalled, our joy faded away, and our faith and our hope dwindled. Our minds raised, how did I, why did I do that? How could I do that? And immediately, whether real or imagined, we felt exposed. We felt vulnerable, quite honestly, we felt stupid. And just when we thought things could not get any worse... Here comes the condemnation. And the messengers of condemnation are many. Sometimes it's hell. 
that just plagues your mind with thought after thought after thought that tells you how worthless you are. Other times, it's self-righteous individuals. They'll make sure that you know that you did wrong. But more often than not, it's our own guilt-ridden conscience that screams the loudest, doesn't it? You've been there. You may be there now. It's a place where no one should ever go. Listen to me. It's a place between heaven and hell, between life and death, between forgiveness and condemnation. It's a place where we know too much to quit, but we're too weak to move on. And we begin to believe, what's the use? What's the point? What, does, what difference does it make? I, I deserve this anyway. I'm a failure. I can't live up to God's expectations. Who am I? What, what is all this, all this new stuff? I, I don't know. I never get it right. I never seem to make it. Oh, I'll have a few days or weeks, maybe even months of success, but I end up right back in the same spot. Well, I want you to understand something. There is hope. And I want you to listen to the prophecy that Isaiah spoke concerning Jesus. In Isaiah 61, he says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and opening of prison to those that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. Now jump to verse 7. Instead of your shame, you shall have double honor. Instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double Everlasting joy shall be theirs. This is a prophecy speaking of what Christ came to do for the people that are caught in failure. People that are carrying the condemnation of hell. People that are carrying the shame of mistakes and failure and sin. Jesus came to lift that shame off, to give you something brand new. And church, let me tell you something. Christians often fall into this very place. Oftentimes because of misunderstanding or misinformation about who Jesus is and more often who we are in him, we end up carrying shame that is never intended to be ours. And Jesus came to lift that off. Listen to the words that Jesus spoke to the woman that was completely guilty. She was caught in the act of adultery. The law said someone caught in that condition should be stoned to death. It was absolutely just and legal according to the law. They had the goods. She was caught red-handed. But listen to the words. We need to hear these words this year. Neither do I condemn you. Are you hearing that? 
neither do I condemn. Listen, Jesus is a judge, but he is not judging today. He is saving today. He's giving life and grace and mercy. One day he will be our judge. One day he will hold us to account of what we've done and he will test our works. But that is not today. God will judge the world, but he is not judging it now. What he is saying is neither do I condemn you. And that's what we must receive in the new year. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now as I think about that, I think... Wow, God, that's such a powerful thing. Because, you know, I, I, I've been saved a long time. And I can tell you that I've carried shame. I've carried guilt. I have. I, I, there's even stuff today that I still wrestle with. That when I think about it, that, that sting of embarrassment will come back. That feeling, that, 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 that bad taste, that insecurity... There's some things that are just, they don't even matter anymore. They're actually kind of funny. But there are some things that still weigh on me. And I say, Lord, how, how do I get this out? How, how do I get this year? I want to be free from that. I want to be free. I want to begin to walk in that statement, neither do I condemn you. I want to walk in that place of the double portion. I want to exchange my ashes for his beauty. Amen. I want to exchange my heaviness for his praise. Are are you hearing that? I I want to exchange my mourning for his oil of joy. I I want to exchange my shame for his double honor. Are you hearing that? I, I, I don't want to be, instead of confusion, I want to rejoice in my portion. I want to have double in the land I possess. I, I want to have that everlasting joy, that joy that is, is unreasonable, it's, it's unthinkable, it's unknowable. I want that. How do I do that? Well, I believe that Paul gives us some good advice for a new beginning. And he says in our text, listen to these words, because Jesus, he, he, Jesus never, he, when, see, when, when he spoke to the woman caught in the act of adultery, he didn't gloss over sin. He met the need. What he did is he removed the shame, the indignity, the embarrassment, and then he instructed, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. See, see we can't forget that last part, can we? In other words, he says, I'm not going to condemn you, but get up from this spot. Take this opportunity to change your life, to step into that place. Let this this freedom change you. That's what he's telling us. Well, Paul tells us in our text, he says, therefore, be careful how you walk. Let's, say, let's just take a moment and think about that. Be, be careful how you walk. The problem is, is like I said in the beginning, so, so many Christians are, we're just not careful. It's not that we're evil. It's not that we're bad or big sinners or, you know, vile people. It's, sometimes we're just not careful. We, we, we lack what I call situational awareness. 
It's, 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 we get ourselves into situations because we're just kind of oblivious to what's going on. And he says, don't, don't live that way. Walk carefully. Pay attention. I remember one of the things that when we were raising our children when they were young, <clears throat> and any time we took them out to dinner, the constant statement that we made to them was, be careful, pay attention. You know, kids, it's amazing. Oliver does it. He's, Oliver's almost four years old now, and he does it. When he puts his drink on the table, he, he doesn't put it on the table. He puts it on the edge <laughs> of the table. Andy was famous for that. And then, and then they have arms that flail. Because they're not careful. This is how they eat at Denny's. That's how a lot of Christians are going through life. It's like, wait a second. Be careful. Pay attention to what's going on. Yeah, I, I know what you're about to do may not be wrong, but it may not be right either. Pay attention. It, it, it's going to work something out in your life. Then he goes on and he says, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise. See, there is no substitute for wisdom. He's exhorting us to walk in wisdom. Why? Because wisdom will preserve your life. It will establish your home and your marriage. It will strengthen your family. It will draw you into a deeper and closer walk with God. In Proverbs chapter 4, verses 5 and through 7, he says, Get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Don't you love that? If you want healing... Get wisdom. You want deliverance? Get wisdom. You want provision? Get wisdom. You want to stay healthy? Get wisdom. You want to be set free? Get wisdom. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Paul's advice in our text is not simply the accumulation of knowledge, but it's the application of that knowledge. That's what wisdom is. It's being able to walk it out. I was thinking about this. I, I was thinking so many times in Christianity, we, we, we know the scripture. We know it. We know what to do. We know we, we, can, we can confess his word. We can speak his name. We can bind. We can loose. We can, we can, we, we can stand upon the promises of God. But oftentimes we just don't. We, we just don't. It's not that we lack knowledge. It's we lack application of the knowledge. I was thinking about a man in the Bible in the Old Testament. His name was Naaman. And he had leprosy. And he came to the prophet. And he expected the prophet to come out and do some, you know, grand display of power to heal him. But the prophet didn't even come out. He just sent his servant out and told him, tell him to go dip. In this certain river, I, I think it was the Jordan River. I don't remember what river, but in, he tells it was a dirty, funky river that he had to go to. And Naaman was actually incensed. He was like, what? Do you know who I am? Right. Yeah. Come on. 
I'm a general. No, you're the man with leprosy. And even one of his servants comes to him and says, look it, if, you would, if he would have told you to do some grand thing, you would have done it. But he tells you to go dip seven times in the river. What can it hurt? And begrudgingly, he just walks down there kicking rocks. Dips in the river, there you go. And all of a sudden, lo and behold, his, his skin is clean. Why? Because he applied, he used wisdom. So many times we talk about in church, we talk about, you know what, we want to go deeper. We want God to show up. Do you really want God to show up? Do you want God to come? I want God. I want more of him. I want more of God. I ain't raising my hands. Singing, I ain't going to sing. What if people hear me sing? I don't sing good. So what? Nobody sings good. Who sings good? Anything you hear on CDs now is so mixed and overdubbed, they, they don't even know. Who sings good? But it's when we finally let loose and go, I don't care. God, I love you. And God stands up and goes, dude, I love you, man. And he gets involved in our life. Why? Because we're doing something. We're walking with some purpose. We're doing something. There's an interesting phrase in this verse, and I'll say this. It, 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 it says this, it tells us to redeem the time. He says, redeem the time. In other words, he says, make the most of your time. In other words, seize the opportunities. Every time we come into this building, we come together as the family of God, ushering in the presence of God. And whether you feel it or not, it is an opportunity to be seized to experience the gracious moving of his spirit in our life. We have to seize it. We have to get a hold of it, church. You know what? This year could be the greatest year of Praise Chapel's history. But it's not going to be if we just sit. We're going to have to grab a hold of it. I know there's all kinds of different things going on and this and that, and it's like, well, I don't know. Seize it. Seize the moment. See, you know what, God? This is is going to revolutionize me. I'm going to let this just wreck me, man, for Jesus. Seize the opportunity. And then finally, he says, know the will of God. Know the will of God. And you know, it's interesting. There's a verse of scripture in Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. It talks about presenting ourselves. In other words, it's talking about putting ourselves in a position to know. He says, when you present yourself, when you're not conformed to this world, but you're transformed by the renewing of your mind, and you present yourself a living sacrifice. He says, that action. So, now, that, that's something we have to do. Conformity comes without effort. If, if you do nothing, you'll be pressed into what's around you. you. You'll just be conformed to the world. But when we take action, when we walk with purpose, when we step up in wisdom, 
what happens. All of a sudden, things begin to change. We're transformed. Our mind, we start thinking and seeing differently. Our lives are changed. And probably the biggest change is we're able to see and to know and to prove the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We know what he wants from us. I'm amazed at my own life how often I am just unaware of what he wants from me. And it's simply because I just didn't put myself in position to know. Because I was just going through life. Let me say this as I close. Every person in here has a purpose. You were designed on purpose. You were gifted. God made an investment in you. This year, 2018, can be the greatest year you've ever lived. It can be the year that will set the standard for all other years to come. That's what I want this year. You know what? I want to go into 2018 and I want to see the hand of God like I've never seen it before. But I understand that I got to be a part of that. Part of what I got to do is I got to kind of get rid of that old stuff. Set that guilt and shame and baggage and hear the words, neither do I condemn you. And then get up and walk in a new way. Are you hearing me? And say, you know what, God, I'm going to do it differently this year. I'm going to do something different this year. I'm going to get involved. Even if it's just tapping my foot something different I'm going to do something to start I'm going to speak I'm going to I'm going to be kind I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to be not so frustrated I'm going to be more in touch with you I'm going to read a little bit more whatever it might be you're going to make some change and I believe God will put you on a course that will blow your mind can you say amen I'm going to ask Pastor Alex if he would come. At this time, what we're going to do is, is we're going to seal this with communion as Pastor Alex comes. Hey there. Can you hear me okay? We're going to receive communion in just a moment. But before we do, if we could bow our heads and close our eyes. The, the only requirement to receive communion with us tonight is that you're a born-again believer in Jesus Christ. And so as heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one looking around, just for a moment, uh, maybe you're here tonight and, you know, we're going into a brand new year. There's no better way to enter into 2018 than to be without shame. And the only way we can be without shame is uh, to receive the forgiveness that Jesus offers. And so tonight, maybe you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, or you have at one time, but maybe you've been away from him some, for some time, or maybe even just with in the last bit of time. There's just some stuff that may be hanging on you tonight that you really just want to be free from. You want uh, that forgiveness tonight. And no one looking around for a moment, you say, would you just remember me in this prayer as uh, before we receive communion, 
I want his forgiveness that he paid the price for 2,000 years ago, and I want it over my life tonight. You just raise your hand up where I can see it and know to pray with you and acknowledge that. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Bless you. Hallelujah. Forgiveness is real. God bless you. Forgiveness is real. Cleansing from sin is real. Uh, a clean conscience is real by the blood of Jesus. Let's just all pray this together. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. I confess my sin, and I receive your forgiveness. Thank you for paying the price for me. As I go into 2018, I do so with a clean conscience because of you and your sacrifice for me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap off. Ushers, if you would come, thank you for that. We're going to pass out the uh, cups tonight. If you would uh, just take those cups. There's a cup actually in a cup, and you'll see if you've not been a part of our communion services before. Uh, if you would just take those two cups, there's uh, the bread is in the lower cup, and if you'll just take those kind of wiggle them apart, and hold them, and we'll receive communion together. Praise God, just in a few minutes. Maybe you can help with her, Tom. Tom, I need one too, if you would. Thank you. Praise God. As as they are finishing up passing out the uh, cups, I do want you to hold that piece of bread in your hand. I've I've been reading through the Gospels recently and through the Book of Acts. And it has impressed me again and again as I've read through. Jesus would go through uh, towns and villages and just heal everybody that was sick. And then in the book of Acts, if you go through where, where they went, healing flowed. And so the Bible says that by his stripes we were healed. And tonight, that's what this bread symbolizes, his body that was broken for us for our healing. And tonight, I think it would just be a great thing to enter into 2018 whole of any physical ailment that we have. Amen? Uh, if you have not yet been served and would like to be, our ushers are looking for you. If you haven't been and you would like to be, if you'd hold your hand up where they could see it, praise God. Okay? Thank you. You guys did a good job. We're going to pray over the bread, and as we do, I want you to do something. Maybe you've been prayed for for healing of a particular thing a number of times. Tonight, we're going to believe God together and just believe in the finished work of Jesus Christ. By his stripes, I want you to say it with me tonight, by his stripes, I was healed. And tonight, we're going to believe God with you. We're going to believe God and receive together this bread that is a symbol of his body broken for our healing tonight. Let's pray together. 
Jesus, we do thank you for those stripes that you bore. We know that it was a brutal act that was placed upon you and the ripping of your body with that whip. But we thank you that you allowed yourself to be beaten for us. The stripes you bore were for our healing. And we thank you for it. We praise you that as that blood flowed from those stripes, it purchased our healing. And tonight, I speak healing over sick bodies. I speak healing oh, to uh, and, and deliverance from pain. Lord, for back ailments, for uh, uh, liver conditions, kidney conditions, for digestive problems, for uh, uh, respiratory illness, and for heart disease. Uh, uh, speak against cancer tonight and tumors, Lord. Tonight, Lord, we believe you for healing of troubled minds, God, healing of troubled emotions. Thank you that by your stripes we were healed, and we believe you for it. We thank you for it. We receive this bread as a symbol of your healing for our bodies, and we receive it tonight in your name, the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus took the bread, he broke it, and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Jesus took the cup, and I was, as I was thinking about communion uh, for this new year, you know there are going to be people place, uh, having toast all over, uh, toasting in the new year. I looked up uh, about the meaning of toast and where that even came from, uh, toasting, and I'm just going to give you a real quick history lesson, and then we're going to—you'll see the, the uh, where I'm going with it. Toasting started back in the 16th century, and it actually was because uh, the uh, wine back in those days was more acidic, and so uh, if they had a big old uh, like a bucket of wine, it was real acidic. So they would take their stale bread, a piece of stale bread, throw it into the wine, and it would kind of soak up some of that acid. That was back in the 16th century. Then in the 17th century, they started toasting to honor people. And so they would, they would do a toast, and they would drink, you know, that. And then the, the tradition was, in that time, was to take that. The bread really was, uh, was old stale bread, or what they call toast, and they put it in. That's where the term toast came from. So in the 17th century, where they started honoring somebody with a toast, everyone would drink together, and then the person being honored would get the, the, the toast. <laughs> and so anyway, that's where the tradition of toasting came from. Tonight, what I felt as we enter into this new year is what would be a great thing is for us to honor and toast our king. And, and there's, there's no one that deserves more honor than Jesus Christ. Every day, people are dishonoring him by their words. They use his name as a curse word. But tonight, as God looks at us here, 419 Harrison Street, Praise Chapel, We've gathered together this night. We are holding our cup up in the remembrance of him and the blood that he shed and honoring him with our praise, with our thanks, with our remembrance. 
that we have not forgotten what he did 2,000 years ago. Can you say amen? We are grateful. We are thankful for what Jesus did. His blood was shed for our forgiveness. We are able to enter into 2018 with a clear conscience because of the blood of Jesus, and we thank him for that. Can you say amen? And so I do. I want to encourage you to hold up your cup. We're going to toast him. I feel the Spirit of God. And tonight, as we honor Him, you know what He does? He just pours out His blessing. He pours out His presence. He pours out His sense that everything is going to be all right, that He's going to bless us with provision. He's going to bless us with healing. He's going to bless our families. He's going to bless our minds. Uh, He's going to bless our church. Blessing, blessing, blessing in 2018. Can you say amen? And we honor him. We toast him tonight. Lord, we thank you tonight for the price that you paid and the shedding of your blood. As we hold this cup, Jesus, we do so to toast you, to honor you who gave yourself completely for us. Every drop of blood was poured out for our forgiveness, and we are remembering that tonight. We honor you. I want you to say, I honor you, Jesus, and I toast you tonight. You are such a good God. Thank you for the freedom that you purchased through your blood. I honor you in your name, the name of Jesus. Jesus took the cup and he said, this is my blood of the new covenant. Drink all of it. Let's toast him tonight. Praise God. Now, if you'd put the cups down, let's stand to our feet and let's make a little noise. 2018's coming. Let's see it end with praise. Lord, we thank you. Praise you. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for pouring out your presence. Thank you for your goodness and your favor. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We honor you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Man. Man, I tell you what, I had some bad experiences in in New Year's Eve's back in my old life. I'm glad those days are over. Um, I'm so glad to be able to usher in a, a brand new year and remember the next day what I did the night before. We came tonight to honor Jesus, didn't we? And you did a good job of it. God bless you, church. If you do something for me, our prayer team's going to be up here in the front if you need uh uh, personal prayer, if you'd like individual prayer. If you'd please take those cups. we got two services tomorrow. If you take those, there's a garbage can back in the back. God bless you. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. God bless you.